Are you dreaming about travelling again? I bet you are. So give yourself a break and listen to my brand new travel podcast. It's made for people like you, by people like you. And in these podcasts, there will be interviews with different types of travellers and the strange characters that I've met on the road. With stories and anecdotes from the last 32 years of my continuous backpacking and working around the world. Also, there'll be cynical destination descriptions and the occasional travel tip to smooth your journey. And for all the squeamish listeners out there, I just want to say that no studio was used or abused in the making of these podcasts or any of the recordings. So please check it out, and I hope you like it. Oh, and by the way, my name's Alan. This interview was recorded in a park in central Lisbon, the capital of Portugal, and you can hear the hum of the rush hour traffic and the wind in the trees. I apologise for any noise above and beyond the recording. I hope you still enjoy it. Thank you. This week, my guest is Alex, who apparently I met in 2010 in Malaysia. He's Portuguese and he's a well-travelled guy. I'll let him introduce himself and uh, he can tell you his style of travelling, everything about himself. I've been in 54 countries and I spent most, almost 10 years in Asia. You know, then I came back home. And before that, I went to the five, all the way to the five continents. My whole life, my whole mindset has been travel, so I don't try to spend any, any money outside that, that scope. It's always about travel. And w- which of the Asian countries is your favorite? Well, Taiwan, because I lived there for five years and a half for sure. But of course, they have also a very strong connection to China, and I guess that's the reason I went to Taiwan in the first place. Okay, and it's funny because the last time we met was in Taiwan. Yeah, I told you to go there, it was a good place. In Yulin. Yeah, Yulin, yeah, exactly. Yulin. How did you start traveling as a boy? How did traveling enter your life? Well, it's kind of funny, actually. Uh, you know, uh, when I was 15 was the first time I went camping with my brother without my parents. And, you know, it's just, even since I was a child, I've always been a uh, kid from the streets. So I always w- went everywhere without many, much constraints except for the money. It was always been the major constraint. But the most funny story is, actually, I was about uh, 19 when uh, I had a friend of mine, he told me that Iron Maiden is coming, was coming to Algarve. Iron Maiden? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I liked heavy metal in those yeah, days, so yeah, I yeah. want to go to the south and, and watch the, the concert with Iron Maiden. But again, I was always strapped for cash. So I thought, I mean, I cannot do this. And then I figure out, you know, if I do like the 9 train, which is like takes hours to get there, you know, it's exhausting, and I just sleep here in a very low conditions, I still can make it. So that's why I figure out... Even if you're strapped for cash, even if you don't have much money, you still can do it. And that was the beginning. Yes. And then year after year, I started going to the Algarve, which is the south of Portugal, different places. I I spent most of the time alone. And then later on in 94, I did my first trip around Europe. It was a camping trip and it was like a big group of people. And we were just on the bus and uh, I never saw snow before. (laughs) And then I saw, I was camping at minus 10 uh, in Switzerland in Kandestag. And then I saw again uh, snow in Austria, and then in Germany, and then in Italy, and France, and it was still amazing. It was my first <laughs> long trip. Year would that have been? No, 1984. 1984, yeah, so the 1980s, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. And were there a lot of people doing what you were doing, or did you feel as though you were the, the first person to 
Yeah, in, I mean, in Portugal, they, it was very, very uncommon. However, the people were actually on that bus. Uh, most of them were, were the kids, the children of people that were also travelers. So uh, I was like 20 at that time or something like that. And they actually were like 15 or 16 and they actually have more traveling experience than I have because they went with their parents. And in my case, I actually almost never traveled with my parents. Okay, that's interesting because a lot of young people, are, there's two Dutch guys in the hostel and I said, um, how long have you been traveling? And they said, this is our first trip. And up until now, they've traveled with their parents. And now this is their first trip away and they're acting, you know, they get drunk every night and they're just up until five or six in the morning. That's just another, another way of traveling. That's how you learn, isn't it? Which destination would be your ambition now to go to? What would be the place you'd want to go to now? Well, fair enough. Well, definitely in Central America. Because, again, I've been in five continents and I spent 10 years in Asia. I don't feel the calling of Africa, although I like to go to South Africa. But most, my biggest passion now is definitely, and it has been for a very long time, Central America. I'm talking about south of Mexico, uh, Costa Rica, Guatemala, you know, all of those. And, of course, a bit also in South, uh, south America as well, Peru, Bolivia. Yeah. And I like to spend a Argentina. few years in yeah. Argentina. Yeah. And I like to spend uh, a few years traveling there. Okay. There's a police car cruising around here, and I just wonder if they're going to stop because we're not wearing masks, which I'm going to take out. No, they're going past. What is it about South America that's, that's drawing you in? Well, I would say uh, two things. Uh, first, history. You know, we talk about the Maya civilization, we're talking about ancient civ- all sorts of ancient civilizations. But mostly the jungle, I would say, because I spent a lot of time when I was in Asia on the jungles. Yes. In Malaysia, in Laos, yeah. uh, even Taiwan has a lot of tropical forests, you know. And I'm used to see snakes and I'm used to see all kinds of things. The fact it's just so green, that's what uh, drives me. It is, also it's it's incredible. It's hot, it's yeah. humid and yeah. it's awesome. You know, yeah. it's that, yeah. I've that, always enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm not much of a cold person. I'm, I love the heat. So I'm okay with mosquitoes. I'm I'm okay with very high temperatures, with shorts, and you know I'm okay with. Wow, just are you the like, sort of person that gets bitten by mosquitoes or not? Yeah, all the time. Okay, but I, I just, <laughs> but I never put repellent whatsoever, even though sometimes it can be dangerous. Yeah, I just take it as it comes. You're a, a brave, who, yeah, brave man. Yeah, I'm from the jungle. So okay. <laughs> I love it. Okay, have you had any bad experiences while you've been traveling? Yeah, some of course. You know, uh, nothing terribly serious up to point I would die. I would say more like in, in terms of places. Cambodia changed a lot re- in the recent years, but when I was there uh, 10 Cambodia. years ago. Cambodia. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite different those days. Everyone just wants my money, so yeah. I didn't like it much. But person-wise, in terms of like a, a person, uh, not so much because even if people disappoint me, as long as they don't get my money, it's That's okay. Right. <laughs> it's okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm still yeah. seeing someone on a shoestring. I'm incredibly careful with that, so that's okay. Right, how many languages do you speak? Because I know you speak at least two or three. Yeah, well, uh, before I spoke uh, Portuguese, English, French, and Spanish, and Italian, but I spent so many years uh, trying to learn Chinese that these days just Portuguese, English, and Chinese. I can tell you his Chinese is good. He says it's not, but it is. It's good Chinese. Is it the destination or the journey that turns you on? For me, it's always about walking different places. It doesn't walking? Have, yes, okay. uh, I live for walking. It doesn't have to be in that very special place that everyone goes. Actually, that's, that's right, yeah. It doesn't really matter much. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that amazing you know, landscape. I just want to see different places because I have the incredible memory. I still remember places I've been like 30 years ago, <laughs> like it was today. Yes. I, rem- I, I don't remember a lot of places, but I do remember places and travel trips very well and some of very epic 
trips, you know, like the one I did around Taiwan for 90 days around my scooter. Okay. But I do memorize streets, I do memorize directions, points of reference, like in an incredible way. So I have this need to go to walk into a place I have never walked before. And it can be a crappy city, a crappy street. It doesn't matter. It has to be something different. That's right. And it's that, it's that beautiful thing of walking into somewhere you've never been before and possibly getting lost or just walking into the town to see what's there. Exactly. exactly. Or walking out of a town to see what's outside of town. Exactly. It doesn't, have to say, it doesn't have to be the true spot that everyone goes. You sometimes just you know walk on the street and, and then... You, these are like hidden gems everywhere. And that's, that's right. That's yeah. a beautiful thing, right? Awesome. And, uh, and you know, um, yeah. meeting people in places that no one goes. And that's just incredible, you know. For example, I was recently in Croatia. And I traveled for two weeks there. I was planning to go to Slovenia, but I couldn't because of the lockdown. You okay. know, and didn't allow me to go there. So I spent two weeks in, in Croatia. And the last day, I was just incredibly tired because the previous days, there's been like nonstop. So on the last day, I just stayed in Zagreb. But I don't want to stay in the city, just no, no time, no way, a waste of time, right? Yes. So I just went to this lake in Zagreb and oh. I went for a swim there, okay? And it was beautiful, yeah, I just yeah. had just a great time, you know, because here no one swims on, on the city lakes. Everywhere we always go to the ocean, you know, yes. where, where the beach is, right? Yes. Yeah. But there they just have a lake, you know? and it's crazy. People are just like, you know, rowing there and stuff <laughs> like that. I know um, it's just like taking a swim yeah. and I had a great time, you know. And, and, and did you talk to many of the locals or? I did spoke with some, yeah. but mostly in, on, on the spots, like on the gas house, but not so many, I would say. Okay, not okay, easy. yeah. Sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it's easy. Yeah, well, it depends where you are. Yeah, it means if you do like long trips like I did before I spent like three and a half years traveling before I stopped in, in Taiwan you know all my life was pretty much being social and, and said in those days if you're not social it's, it's incredibly tough because you need to know where you should go and you get the tips of the best spots right but I was in a really short period of time so my point here on this trip for Croatia was see as much as possible right oh, okay and, okay and actually, although yeah. this is a very important place which is Pilitz Lake which everyone goes and I didn't go there I had far more fun to go to some spots that no one goes. Yes. And yeah. I just enjoy it so I'm much. I'm the same with you. And a lot of people say to me, oh, for example, I went to India mainly to go and see the, the, the shipyards where they, they scrap the ships. Yeah, in, uh, in the Gujarat. No, it was in um, Alan. Okay. Alan, which is on the left-hand side in the north. But again, it's one of those places, there's plenty of them. But it was just, for me, that was an incredible highlight of right. the journey. I, I didn't go inside the Taj Mahal because Agra is a shithole. Yeah. And they were asking $25, and $25 to me is like living for a week. But that's, that's only me. That's me and you, actually, because we, we don't do all that special yeah. stuff. Yeah, for example, I was six months in India. Uh, it was the only country I didn't yeah. like it. Actually, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. I have to say it was yeah. of a blessing because it was like being in the army uh, in a way that was incredibly tough for me I was always an incredible uh, low budget yes. I was sleeping in place like one dollar and yes. I always went the cheapest trains so I, and I slept in, on the floor of bus stations and train stations and the place is a shithole yeah it was really really horrible but looking back I see it was like a blessing because when I was one of the most deepest trips of my life and I did actually went to the Taj at the end of the six months okay and I it was a big deal, you know, compared to the rest of the trip. So the air was so polluted there in, in yes. Agra. Yes. For example, near, next, near Agra is this place called Oshars. Yes. People just go a few hours. And I stayed like four or five days and I absolutely love it. There was almost no tourists, <laughs> you know. And yeah. I, was, I always spend my time swimming because actually the river was clean. And I went to see the vultures 
flying, yeah. you know, at 6 a.m. in the morning because I oh. met this Portuguese guy there yeah. and he's a vet, so he knows a, a lot about, you know, animals. I bet that was interesting. It was amazing. You know, I never imagined vultures are just such amazing animals. No, they are. They're fantastic birds. They yeah. clean up all the rubbish and the, yeah, and the yeah. trash and stuff. They're absolutely awesome birds. And, and in some places in China, actually, when the person dies, they just chop it to pieces and they give it to the vultures. Yeah, right? <laughs> gruesome. Yeah, that's a gr- gruesome, gruesome picture. Do you take plenty of photographs when you're yeah, yeah. traveling or, or not? Because yeah. some people don't, you know, some people I don't. take tons. I, I, first year, I took about 60,000 photos. Uh, actually, wow. Uh, I spend every day just walking, you know, looking for photos, opportunities. Surely I take typical photos, but also I try to take a lot of photos that most people wouldn't, wouldn't take, like, daily life stuff. The thing was, when I was a kid, I was in elementary school, I was very anti-social in those days. Later, all these... Like, Anti-social? yeah pretty social after I was 15 but when I was in Asia it was incredible it was for the first time in my life that like time was elastic because before you know everything was about yes. doing as much as possible but what was there was do as little as possible as cheap as possible okay <laughs> and go as far as possible and it's cheap you right. can eat for a dollar yeah, like yeah breakfast and lunch for I a dollar I did actually eat for a dollar for almost 10 years yeah. when I live in Taiwan I had to eat for two dollars but even on Christmas I still eat for two dollars and also on my birthday as well yeah so I was incredibly you know on a shoestring in the sense that I was restraining myself all the time and do that was tough but do you still travel cheap or do you tend to spend a bit more money these days as you well, get older because it's sometimes well, some older people need I, I came back now uh, and to be honest when I arrived here uh, I had this plan because I've been on the shoe string for such a long time when I was in Asia so when I came back I said look I'm going to buy some nice clothes I'm going to change my life nice car but you know I tried it for, <laughs> for like a month when I got a job you know yeah, dressed yeah, yeah. properly then, but then coronavirus came I went back home I said who cares you know I, I love the life of camping you yes. know so I've been traveling a lot since I came back home really a lot but I always go camping so even here now in Portugal I just camp all the time I, tr- I see as much as possible I hike as much as possible um, do you take food with you or do you most find times it? I take food with me and then also I have tastes like chocolate you know like these uh, shakes right okay so I just uh, take, uh, yes, yeah, protein, also, yeah protein also I have some noodles yes. they're very cheap noodles so I just you know have a water heater and just heat them up and that's my dinner okay so I don't go to every, every single rest, restaurant a snack no, bar no, no. At the I most. hope not otherwise you disappoint me yeah, I don't. You know, the reason, again, for me, it's more important to travel as many as, as possible. Yes. To see as much as possible than actually... And keep it as cheap as possible. Yeah, keep it as cheap yeah. as possible, you know. One moment I spend in the restaurant is one less moment I could be hiking somewhere, seeing something. I came back full of energy, in a sense. Yes, yeah, no, it's recharging the batteries. During the week, you know, you damage the brain. During the, the weekend, you yes. damage the body. You know? Yeah, that's right. Um, does music play a part in your traveling? Do you associate music and traveling? I did, uh, not really, to be honest, not really. I used to listen to a lot of music before I went to Asia. And then all of those years, I didn't watch uh, almost no movies, no music. Exactly. So now when I work, I listen to music when I'm working. But most times when I'm traveling now and all of doing all of these things, music doesn't really matter, you know. There's a few now, some soft songs that I never listened before. I never liked much soft song, yes, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Ballads, but yeah. yeah, there's a couple of songs now They are more about kind of funny they mention they talk a lot about how i miss someone but yeah. it's not someone i miss he's always the green you know I'm yeah, missing that you're missing vegetation, the, yeah the that's trees right. the flowers you know the hike that's what i miss what, have you ever done the camino de santiago all these all these small sections okay but, that's not bad. but i'll tell you the funny thing i find is that people because they do it for the first time and for me it was the first time but they fall in love with it because right. it's pretty easy and 
it's the hardest thing they've ever done. Like for us, it would be nothing. It's nothing right. really. I mean, I did a thousand kilometers, and at the end, I was. There's some parts were tough, but you know, I had a broken leg. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I still, di- I still didn't have a spiritual awakening. And I, w- I hitchhiked Australia, and most of that, most of that, I walked. Right. With my backpack of thirty kilos. So yeah, it's out there. It's just that people are scared to do things that aren't on the map or aren't pushed. Yeah, they they don't want to go uncharted. I have one thing I noticed, for example, now on the recent years when I was in Asia, which is totally different from 10 years ago. 10 years ago, most of the people I've met were adventurous. But I think in recent years, it's been more mainstream. So a lot of people are not in adventure. They're more like in a unique experience. But yeah. the experience they are unique is not unique at all. So they are used to right. camps, you know. <laughs> so there's a lot of people say, yeah. look, you're not going to ride the elephant. You're going to wash the elephant because it's a unique experience. But when I got there... It's not a unique experience at no. all because everyone now is looking for a unique experience. But there is a unique experience. Just don't buy it. Yes, don't just, buy into the crap. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, just go yourself, you know, middle of nowhere to a place that no one will say this is a beautiful place. There's no elephants there. There is no beautiful spot. You just go there. Yes. And then you're just going to enjoy you have, it. Okay, how much planning do you do? Because I don't really plan. And then every day is an adventure. Okay, so it was like this. When I was doing the long trip, uh, I call it long trips, less about three and a half years, right? Okay. Uh, again, the goal was simple. Travel as much as possible, as cheap as possible. So you just leave the day, right? Yes, that's right. And now I came back home, I'm a different mindset because I only have the weekends. Exactly, I have 48 hours, so I want to see as much as possible. So I do some planning, you know. But it's not a very strict planning. I just say, look, there is more or less these points which are my goal. And then I, along the trip, I try to more or less do that. It doesn't have very, very specific point that I have to do this. If I don't do this, I'm going to die. No, this, such thing does not exist. Right? Well, how do you choose the places you go to? Well, I spend a lot of time <laughs> checking out Google Maps, you know. <laughs> Every night, the last year, that's all I do. I just keep... Well, even before that, you know, I have so many pins, for example, for Taiwan, because I've been almost everywhere in Taiwan. And now I put pins everywhere in, on Google Maps, where places I want to go. And when I go there, look, I am on this point A, what about going to this point B? And I just keep going. And then, you know, I follow a bit the flow, my feelings, but I, I want to see as much as possible. And if I see something that, look, this is worth stopping here and do a good hike here, then I just do it. Yes. Because there is no single point I say, this is, unless, of course, a place to sleep, right? And what sort of equipment have you got? Because you say you use a tent. I use a hammock sometimes. No, the hammock I never use just because uh, I can't sleep on a hammock. Oh, that's fair, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But what sort of tent do you have? Oh, it's one of those decathlons, you know, fresh and black. I had I bought one when I was living in, in Taiwan. Actually, okay. I bought two. When I went back, I bought my second one. They're pretty good. So when I came back here, and now they no, now they have a job, so I'm, I, I can afford that. And also, how much are they then? Are they expensive? Uh, Forty euros, I would guess. But you can buy actually one cheaper for thirty euros or twenty-five. So this is fairly cheap. That's yeah, cheap yeah, for yeah. a tent. But I did actually bought the most expensive uh, sleeping bag this time. It was one hundred fifty euros. Whoa! And before I was like, was that like, an Everest? It's uh, like a ultra light, but zero degrees Celsius. Mm. So the problem is this, you know, I, I um, when I was in India. I had a friend, I was like freezing. It's kind of strange, but Calcutta no, no, right. was, ex- yes, yes, was right. cold. That's right, if you get in India right? at the wrong time. Right. Oh. So when I went to go, I asked a friend of mine who was coming from Portugal to uh, bought me a, a sleeping bag. And he has been with me for almost 10 years. And he has been my best friend, you know, my <laughs> best buddy. It's kind yeah, of yeah. strange because, you know, people say we don't have attachments, but we actually we oh, have no, attachments. We yes. Not yes. to people, but to small little things, you know, that watch that you carry for all of those years, that yes. pill that you have, that the backpack that you have. I'm like you, I get attached to stuff. 
and then right. if I can't find it, I don't often lose things. Right. But if I can't find it, I get I get seriously pissed right. off. Well, first because we're on a shoestring, so any any cent that you're going to spend extra is horrible. But also, people change and everything changes. But those things are with you. You know that yes. that jacket has been with you. And when you're cold, middle of nowhere. There was no one there. It was yes. that jacket that you used as a pillow, yes. for example. That's right, or, 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 or your, keeping you warm. Keeping you warm, right? Yes. Yes. That, that was, yeah, it was your bed sheet, it was that jacket, right? So I get very strongly attached to things. What's you know? the one thing that you won't travel without, that you always take with you? No, there isn't. There isn't, actually. There isn't. Okay. There isn't. Again, because uh, for a long time it was my backpack, I'll say, right? What, what makes your backpack? Uh, it was the biggest one I could buy in the catalog at the time. I was okay. carrying about 30 kilograms, taking yeah, yeah, my yeah. bag. Yeah, but you're still phones. young. You're still yeah. young and strong, uh, yeah, listeners. He's took, young and strong. I took <laughs> up my, my bag. My bag is horrible now because of the years I spent traveling. Yes. You know? yeah. and, I, and, and, many, and now you can have your booking.com and all of those things. But before it wasn't. Before oh, I didn't book anything. Right. So I was just carrying 30 kilograms and yes. sometimes two hours just knocking doors saying, look, how much it costs here, how yes. much it costs there. You know, and yeah. sometimes after... 10 hours, 12, 14 hours on the bus, you still had to look for a place to sleep. Yes. And then you just found a place, and next day you had found a cheaper place. It was tough. It was really tough. Well, yeah, yeah, and that, again, without mobile phones, without GPS, without all that, I mean, I don't particularly use it too much now. Right. But I, I never book. I never book anywhere. I just roll into town, and if there's somewhere and it's full, right. I just think, well, I, shouldn't, I wasn't meant to stay there. Right. So then I just go to the next place. But I, I'm like you. I've walked around... And Georgetown was one of them. Right. When I first went to Georgetown, I had something like 29 kilos. Yeah, that's where we met. And yeah, I know. But I was walking around there for hours looking Is for it? the right for the right hostel that I was. I found was the cheapest one. Somebody said to me, "Go there because it's cheap." And eventually, I found it. But I'd walk round and round early in the morning, and I had to ask a road sweeper, an Indian road sweeper, where it was, and he mm. took me there. Oh, a uh, proper chap. Yeah, good man. Good man. He's possibly still working. <laughs> he's still he's still working there ten years later. But yeah. It, it makes you what you are. It makes you the traveler you are. Yeah, it, it, being tough, it's, it's important. But also, the good side is that you become strong in life. You know, you less... Do you think you're less... mentally strong? Yes. The flip side is um, you don't know how to stop anymore. And I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. Because 10 years ago, before I left, you know, every trip was like a short trip, like a month, a week. Okay. And all of these things, right? And you know, you have your job back and you dream one day of quitting your job and travel around the world. But you know you're not going to do it, right? And then when you, when you do it, the hardest part is not to travel. The hardest part is to stop. It's to stop. Because yes. you don't know how to stop anymore. You want to stop. And then when you have to, I had to come back, find a, uh, like a proper job. I had a job before, but a proper job here uh, <laughs> back home. And it's just not easy after 10 years coming back home, you understand? Uh, and before I just lived day by day. Now I don't. I live with a single goal, to go back to the nomadic life. That's it. So everything I do gravitate towards that, that goal, awesome. okay? Yeah. So I don't buy anything that's unnecessary. For example, before I could buy like a nice stereo set, you know, like a nice TV. I don't do that anymore. I had to change, for example, recently my washing machine. I didn't bought the best washing machine. I just bought the one, you know. Yeah. If I have to, the only thing I had to bought really good this year was my sleeping bag. <laughs> because I, I, I've been traveling, yeah. uh, I want to travel this, in all winter. This, guy, this guy's a proper traveler. Mm -hmm. Anybody that spends a lot of money on a sleeping bag and, <laughs> and nothing on a washing machine yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And I, I almost freeze to that several times. And this time... I want to have a proper sleeping bag, okay? Yeah, because if it's hot, you can just sleep on top of it. That's true. You know, true. and you could, whatever, it doesn't make it's any difference. Just, it's just great, you know, it's just, I, I really, when I live in Taiwan, I, I always camp in the wild all the time. Yes. And, and it's sometimes just so incredibly cold. It's just so yeah. cold. But 
the, the love for the adventure was stronger than than the cold, right? Since I came back, you know, before I have a nice, you know, soft bed back home, but I also have a couch. <laughs> yes. And most of the time, actually, I sleep on the couch <laughs> inside the sleeping yes. bag. Yes, most yes, times, yes. actually, then on my own bed, you know. I, you know, when I see in an apartment, I don't want to see like a nice, comfortable place. I see, look, it has to be good because I want to later on rent it out yes. when I go traveling again. And then when you travel, you meet all kinds of crazy people and people are outside the society yes. and entrepreneurs. You know. I think that's how we met. Yeah, exactly. And I met people, for example, they, they cycle from yes. France to India. You know, I met here, Alan, you yes. know, did a thousand kilometers on, on Camino. And these kind of people are completely different. So Different mindset. Different it's mindset. A, yeah. You can never go back to the same old life. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah no, that's I just, right. I just, I just that's want right. to go, right? Yeah. Even if the risks are, are high, you know, the stakes the are risks, very high. Yeah, the stakes are high, but we just suck them up and exactly. go with them. Okay, but if a person came to you and they asked for advice about traveling, because these days traveling is very different from it was when we started, right. what sort of advice would you give a young person about traveling? Well, it all depends, again, on their own mindset, because a lot of people think traveling is cool. Most people these days would travel because it's just so mainstream, you're traveling for a couple of drinks, you know, for a different experience for a nice beach. But if they really, really become hardcore travelers, only very few people can actually endure that. Yes, it's yeah. tough. It's, yeah. it's very rewarding, it's incredibly rewarding, yeah. but it's not for everyone. You have to have the spirit of sacrifice, of That's constrain true. yourself. Every day you know that you have to live on a very, very tight budget. And there is huge risks that you never know if you're gonna break a leg or, or, <laughs> or you. I know yeah. you have some extra expense you don't know how you're gonna cover that expense yes and then you have to put yourself in very awkward situations uh, that you rely on other people because you want to incredibly choose a low budget so I only advise to do that if you really have the right mindset but besides that I would give for the average person is this the world is not as dangerous as you think no that's true that you is know, so true People build up anxiety right. over the silliest little things. Right, exactly. And a lot of people I've met just want everything to be perfect. You know, the, the weather's got to be right or... Well, because again, they're trying for the destination itself because they are buying a destination. Okay, how do you think the coronavirus has affected traveling? Well, to be honest, and like most people think, uh, first, it completely hammered traveling for the time being. But after coronavirus, after finding the vaccine, you know, Few first years might be a bit tough, but after that, I think it's going to come back to the normal as just before. Oh, okay. let, let, let's just see, for example, what happened in PP Islands. You, you know, and when there was oh, that tsunami, yes. right? Yes. So when it was a tsunami, like PP Islands was completely destroyed, you know? Yeah, completely, yeah. Even Phuket, yeah. right? Yeah, Phuket. By the time I went back, you know, it was just already full of life. So like Portugal, for example, when I came back last year, it was just lively, you know, like tourism everywhere. And now it's just been completely destroyed, hammered. I'm pretty much sure when the coronavirus is over, it might take a couple of months, maybe a year, let's say, but after that, I think everything will be back to normal. Alex, thank you very, very no much worries. for the interview. Good to see you again. Um, um, yeah, and I'll, we'll try and keep in touch now. Right. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. Well, that's all for this week, folks. And please remember, the same road can be travelled a thousand different ways, so get out there and make it your own. Until next week.